Hi, this is Rita Hogan, and welcome to the Dogs Are Individuals podcast. I'm a clinical canine herbalist, and I've been practicing for over 20 years. This podcast is all about your dog through an herbal lens. So let's get to it and dive right in. Hi, everyone. This is Rita Hogan, and we are doing another short. So I had someone write into the podcast and ask about feeding dogs with yeast. Okay, it is a big subject. And Mary, who wrote into the podcast, said that there's a lot of conflicting opinions about yeast and what to do. I can only give you my opinion. You know, do your research, see what feels good for you. You know, I think results are kind of where it's at with yeast. And for me, this, like, I'm going to speak to raw diets first. I am a raw feeder. I feed raw meat to my dogs and my cats. I feel pretty good about that. And I myself don't eat a lot of meat. It depends on like where I'm at with my life and what I need to do with my body and how I'm healing or recovering or maintaining. But for my dogs and any dogs that I work with that have yeast, I'm going to most likely recommend that they remove carbohydrate out of their dog's diet, especially starch. You know, yes, greens are carbohydrate as well. And some greens have a little protein in them. That's not what I'm looking at. We want to remove the sugars out of the body. So I don't mind like phytoplankton, chlorella, spirulina, things like that. But when we're dealing with yeast, I do a meat, bone, and organ diet and make sure the supplements don't have starch and I remove all sugars from the diet for a short period of time for between 8 and 12 weeks. And then while we're doing that, we heal up the gut from yeast and there are a lot of things to do for yeast. So that might be a good kind of go to long podcast, as well as um, I have a section on my website called Digital Downloads, and they are in the, I believe, the shop section at the bottom. And I'm going to be expanding this. I will also be coming out with a yeast course for people so that they can systematically deal with yeast and have kind of everything in one area for yeast. But that won't be for a while. So, But I am going to put out a digital download to get people started. I'll have that up in the next like two to three months that will help. I'm trying to use the podcast and the kind of the feedback I'm getting from the podcast to develop things that people need. So to answer your question, Mary, I like to do meat, bone, and organ for raw fed dogs. Same thing for cooked food dogs, but I use a organ powder and usually a calcium powder. And you can do that for raw fed dogs too. I like the ones from Four Leaf Rover I also have another brand that I use or Ancestral Supplements is also good to my knowledge. For kibble-fed dogs, you want to do like a minimal ingredient diet. You want to make sure you're giving digestive enzymes. I give enzymes with all yeasty dogs. But a kibble-fed diet, you want to make sure it's meat, as much meat as possible, really low sugar. You can try at low starch. You you can try to get rid of the yeast on some different kibbles. I know there's a company called Go that has a kibble that's that people have had success with getting rid of yeast. If you don't have success with it, you need to move to a cooked diet to get rid of the yeast if you can't figure that out. 
that is the answer to the question, Mary. That's all I really have without going into a long list of how to get rid of yeast. There are two regimens out there that I'm familiar with. There's other like individual plants, which we'll go over at another time, but there's the Adored Beast, Yeasty Beastie regimen. I sell that in my store. And there's also the Four Leaf Rover uh, Yeast Free Fido. I also sell that in my store. Both of them work really well. I think that you should try one and then possibly the other if the one doesn't work. And then, you know, you can start forging out on your own and try individual yeast remedies. But that's, yeah, that's pretty much all I have right now. Another question that came into the podcast was from Kim Thomas. And she's asking about digestive enzymes. She said, just discovered your podcast and the digestive enzyme episode. Heard about Dr. Goodpet but already had ordered this one called Optigest by Inclover. I prefer basic enzymes to experiment without a lot of extra ingredients. My mini schnauzer is cool, so any warming ingredient should be okay. Yes, uh, Kim, that is true. But again, dogs are individuals, so, you know, test it out. Do you know this brand? Yes, I do. Inclover is a good brand of digestive enzymes. If she does well, I wonder if rotating enzymes is a good idea instead of just one brand. I don't think you need to rotate the enzymes. It depends on how long you want to be on them. There are like pancreatic enzymes and then different type of digestive enzymes. But if they're just plain enzymes without a not, not a lot of stuff in them, I don't think that, you know, besides enzymes, I don't think you really need to rotate. How long is it safe to give them if the dog just does not have enough digestive fire in general? We feed gently, lightly cooked, fresh, frozen food. No kibble. I would use the digestive enzymes for about six months and I would probably work on your dog's gut and getting them to produce more digestive enzymes. If you're feeding lightly cooked food though, you want to give enzymes no matter what. So you can rotate if you want. Your dog's cool, so bromelain is fine. But if you're cooking your food, you need enzymes. It kills enzymes, okay? So that your dog produces some enzymes, but we also they also depend on the enzymes from their food. And if there is none, then we need to add. So you can give them indefinitely if you're feeding cooked food, unless your dog develops some type of issue. So rewinding, you could rotate, you know, do pancreatic enzymes, regular enzymes, but I don't I don't necessarily know if there's a need. The Inclover brand, just kind of looking at it, we're going to see the ingredients. We got inulin. So if your dog had SIBO, which is small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, you'd want to avoid this enzyme, okay? Because it has added inulin. Amylase, cellulase, which is good for yeast, given on an empty stomach, protease, and lipase. So if it didn't have inulin, it would be fine for anything, but if the, I mean, the inulin's fine, just not for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. So if your dog were to get worse on it, then you would want to stop, okay? They're using the inulin as a prebiotic, and I totally get that, just saying that that type of prebiotic will mess with SIBO. The Inclover product is non-GMO. That's really important. I think it, Optigest seems just fine for a digestive aid 
Okay, and with all digestive enzymes, we start out slow and work our way up. That's what uh, I always do for people and suggesting digestive enzymes with almost anything, really. Just start at a lower dose and then just work your way up and go slow. See how your dog, you know, see how your dog, how it sits in your dog's body, basically. So you know what's going on. So you know what's affecting them. Thank you so much for listening to the short. Remember, you can write into the podcast. Just go to canineherbalist.com and click contact through the podcast on the drop down menu and write in, let me know your questions and I'll answer them here on the podcast if I am able. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dogs Are Individuals. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So if you love Dogs Are Individuals podcast, share it with your friends and family who love dogs. This will help me so much. And remember, as a listener, I appreciate you. Much thanks to Resonant Media, my podcast production team. This podcast is produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. Any questions? Email the show. Go to canineherbalist.com, click podcast contact in the menu, and then fill out that form, and I'll answer any questions here online. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dogs Are Individuals podcast, and I'm going to talk to you in our next episode. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for veterinary care. This podcast doesn't constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor, veterinarian, or healthcare provider first before starting anything new, and that includes herbs. I'm not a doctor, and I don't treat disease or prescribe anything. I'm a traditional herbalist providing herbal support education only. Regarding any products I may suggest, the statements made regarding these products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here on the podcast is not meant as a substitute or alternative to information from your vet. Please consult your veterinary professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product.